Today I want to take a look at Psalms 121. Look to the hills. Uh, you gotta understand, I did not tell Terry Lynetta what my what my verse was gonna be. They didn't have a clue, but but God did. It's funny that when we were in the office and uh, and uh, Reverend Young was praying, he uh, he he prayed that verse and it just confirmation after confirmation. So you know, I think God got something to say to us. Still working out of vertical Christianity. If I had to give a subtitle, a subject matter would be to see his glory. Mm -hmm. Psalms 121. And I'm just really going to look at uh, two verses. Knowing that even in those two verses, I'm, I'm not even going to... Just scratch the surface. And it reads as such in our hearing, reading from the New American Standard, I will look, I will lift my eyes to the mountains from where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Somebody say glory. glory. Somebody say amen. 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 Yeah. Father, even now, as you have been with us in the worship, in the praise, in the singing, how you greatly manifest your presence where we know you've been here. Yes. Yes. We know you're here. Yes. Yes. Father, I pray that you do that and more in the preaching of your word. Yes. Move Tracy out the way and right. allow them to see Christ. Because, yes. Lord, it's really all about Christ. So, Lord, just open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, that we may receive what you are saying. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Some time ago, when Reverend Ingram was getting ready to preach this, he brought something to my attention. It's a verse that we all are familiar with. It's a verse that we say, well, I've been thinking about it. But he brought my attention to the fact that David is really asking a question. It's, it's a rhetorical question. It's, it, you know what the answer is. It's not like David is in any doubt. But to be honest with you, David is approaching it from a human nature standpoint. Let me see if I can explain. 
There are a couple of situations that David could be in. He could be at Jerusalem, and if he's at Jerusalem in trouble because he's being attacked for some reason, he can look to the mountains which surrounded Jerusalem, and they were called the mountains of God. Mount Hilrod was there. Mount Moriah was there. And you could see it from the city of Jerusalem, which was a hill itself. Which means that if you was down in the city to go up to the temple, you went up, you ascended up to the temple to worship. So, 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 so that's why everything was posed at looking up. Which means that if you are at the city, you will go to the temple. The temple was at the peak of the hill, which means from every position, you had to ascend up. And if you already at the temple, all you had to do was lift your eyes and you saw these massive hills, which was called the mountains of God, that sometimes God would thunder and fire would be on top of the mountains just to let the Israelite know I am God. God gives signs and signals to let us know that he is God. Did you know that there's no excuse not to believe that God is God? There is no scientific evidence. A matter of fact, science needs to bow down to the fact that there is a God. Matter of fact, science just let us know there must be, there got to be a designer somewhere. Oh, listen, listen, listen what I'm saying. Listen what I'm saying. Listen what I'm saying. Whenever we get to the place that we have run out of our own resources, whenever we get to the place when our intelligence can't get us out of trouble. When mama, daddy, pastor, friends can't help us. There is an innate question that we all ask within ourselves. And the question is, where is my help going to come from? I, I just got a question. Is there anybody in the house been there? Yes. Is there anybody in that house know what I'm talking about? I mean, even, even if you know where the answer comes from, in order to answer the question, you got to ask the question. And life sometimes will make you look at all that you have and you realize all that you have isn't enough. And instinctively, inside of yourself, you begin to say, where am I going from here? To who am I going to? Who am I going to rely on? And the question is, is this. If your faith has not been tested, if all you have is information, if you have not experienced Jesus on a deep level, you may go back to what you came from because your faith can't hold the trouble that you're going through. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Watch. In order for faith to grow, 
It has to be tested. In order for the seed of faith to turn into fruit, it got to go through. God is not testing us to see what we're going to do. He's testing us to bring out of us what he put in us because the only way it can come out of us is if it's tested to the max and then we have a choice either we're going to fold and fall or stand and grow look what David does he asks himself a rhetorical question and then he gives our answer the question that from whence cometh my help I, I, I look up but let me tell you every time you look someplace everybody's not looking to the Lord we can sing we can dance, we can preach, we can pray all we want to, but you don't know what it is, how strong you are until your faith been tested. You don't know what you can take until what you can take been tested. You don't know how strong the Lord is until the Lord bring you through something. And you look at what the Lord brought you through. And then you can say, the Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord is my strong child. Notice what David does. Notice what David does. Notice what David does. He does not say, my, our help. He says, He doesn't say Israel help. He says, he don't say your help. He says, you see, you can't speak for nobody else but yourself. There come a time when it's not us, it's That sometimes it's appropriate to say us, but sometimes, I mean, when you go, when nobody knows what you're going through, when nobody knows what's going on, and you have to stand by yourself and say, Lord, you're my God, you're my God, you're. That is the difference. That is the difference from growing up up in this thing and knowing this thing. That is the difference between the children of Israel and Moses. How is it after all that God has done that the children of Israel in Numbers 14 when they are supposed to take the land and God has already been mighty. He's been awesome. He's been marvelous. He's been great in their midst. They saw the acts 
of God without taking the heart what God was doing. It wasn't that they needed more evidence. They had all the evidence in the world. And, 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 and Numbers 14, 22 says this. God says, these 10 times you refuse. You rejected me. Wait a minute, Lord. How have they rejected you? They refused to see me in what I was doing. All they saw is what I did. But they didn't see me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what that tells me? God's handprint is in what he does. And if you look closely enough, you will see him. Uh, Let me go back again. We should come out of a a but God experience with a greater knowledge of him. Which is bigger than, which is bigger than just the experience. What God is trying to always do is show himself. How can I say this? Thank you, Bird. Don't say that no more. What's the best way to say this? <laughs> What's the best way to say this? God is always trying to show himself. That's what the Bible is about. From Genesis to Revelation, it is the unveiling the discovery of God. My fact, revelation is really called revelation because it is the uncovering, it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Which means that from Genesis to Revelation, God says now the fulfillment of my revelation is now complete. But I started it at Genesis. I ended it at Revelation. And if anybody missed it, God says to the world in in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, he says, no man is is without excuse. He says, from the beginning, I made myself known by the visible. And the visible lets you know there's an invisible. Uh, Okay. David is looking at the stars and and the moon and something overtakes him. He sees the handiwork of God. He sees the trees. He sees the animals. He sees the grass. And he says, Lord, what is man? That you are mindful of him. What 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 is the son of man that you consider him 
when I see the works of your hand, you are awesome, God. You are awesome, God. You are awesome, God. And it makes me feel so small in comparison that I got to ask the question, why do you love me so much? When the last time God's glory made you speechless? When the last time God revealed something, showed you something, did something, said something, moved something, that all you can say is glory, glory. I, I, I think the church need an infusion of glory. Yes, I think that God need to blow some minds up in here. Because when God blows your mind, you recognize it's not about you anymore. It's all about him. The children of Israel should have looked at the promised land and said, this is easy takings. Let me explain. God just delivered them from the Egyptians, which was the most educated, which was the most powerful nation of that age. Nobody rival the Egyptians. Science came from them. Mathematics came from them. They built the pyramids and scientists still don't understand how they did it. The, the architectural design and the cutting of the stone is so exact that they don't understand how they did it. They had bathrooms. They had a sewer system. They were some bad shut your mouth. And God brought them out of their hand through the Red Sea, led them by a cloud and a fire in the sky. And now he takes them to some tribal people in a Canaanite who did I about ready to say they probably didn't know how to count, but I take that back. But they did not rival the Egyptians. Egypt was a dynasty. They were war people, but they did not equal where they... How can I say this? Some of y'all done came through so much stuff that there should be no problem for the stuff that's coming your way. The stuff God brought you through ought to keep you for the rest of your natural life. I, I know we look Jody cute right now, but the cute, but the cuteness wasn't always there. Some of us went through so much H-E-L-L -L 
to get here that if we told our story, nobody would believe it. But even if nobody else believes it, you know where you've been, you know what you've been through, you know how far he brought you, you know how he kept you, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. how we allow Satan to talk nonsense to us. In Genesis chapter three, he started talking. Did God really say? Did, did God really say that you can't eat of any tree of the garden? No, he didn't say that. He just said, I couldn't eat of the one. Now you know the only reason why you can't eat of that one because he's holding out on you. There is always going to be a voice that's going to speak counter to what God has said. Whenever God, whenever you are being tested, expect a temptation. And expect the devil to counter or to make you doubt what God has said. Hold on. In spite of what you already know. But the pressure at that moment, if you're not careful, will make you. Children of Israel said, we can't take this land. There's giants in the land. We'd rather go back and eat onions. Huh? Hold on. I just got a question. Is there anybody here who take a raw onion and eat it by itself? I'm looking for any hands. I only saw one hand. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not going to eat a raw onion just to eat an onion. To me, that's not a treat. That's a, that's a punishment. Okay. I, now, I like onions, but I like onions to flavor other stuff. But I ain't going to take an onion by itself and eat it like it's an apple. then what in the world are they talking about? Satan will make your mess look better than what it was. He'll show you the good times and digitally enhance it.
side to it. 3D, HD. Some stuff out, stretch some stuff. It wasn't that good, it wasn't that long, it wasn't that. We believed a lot of the devil. And we begin to act. We begin to play out what we ought to know better than. David says, you have to rehearse and repeat to yourself where your strength comes from. We have to be willing to see God's hand. You and I can deceive ourselves on purpose. And the hardest time is when, is when the pressure is on, when, there's, when we don't know what to do, we're under stress, we're going through the test, and the devil is speaking, the temptation has presented itself. You got to know where to raise your eyes to. It's a decision that you make ahead of time. You got to have a no in you ahead of time. You got to know God is able ahead of time. You got to have some praise in you ahead of time. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to trust the Lord in spite of. If you wait till the pressure get on, it's too late. That's why you praise him with the good time and the bad time. You make a habit of praising him. speaking into our situation. We're just not listening. God is always showing himself. We're just not watching. In the Old Testament, God will show up to Israel in various names. He will show up in names that, that they could understand. He he showed up of Elohim, and that means God, mighty creator. And he gave him that name. It's a snapshot of his glory. He, he gave his name El Riyah, which means the Lord sees me. That no matter where I'm at, God sees me. He, he gave the name Elohim, which means that he's the everlasting, eternal God. Which means that, 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 that no, far, no matter how far you go, he's going to be there. And no matter how far back you go, he was already there. He always has been, always will be. 
here, scientists says that the way we were here is matter plus time plus chance equal creation. I got a problem with your equation. Matter plus time plus chance equal creation. I got a, I got a problem with your equation. First of all, where do you get matter from? The earth isn't eternal. The earth hasn't always been here. But how you know it hasn't always been here? Because it's decaying even now. And anything that decays haven't always been here. It can't be eternal. Because if it's eternal in the past, it's everlasting in the future. Which means that it can't decay. I got another problem. Where did time come from if time wasn't created by somebody? But matter had to come from somewhere because since it apparently has an end, since it's decaying, it must have had a beginning. So therefore, somebody said, let matter be. How does the sun know that it surround, go around, or the earth go around the sun 24 hours, which we get time from? Who set the earth in motion? Who made the sun begin to shout? Who, 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 who? I, I got a problem with their equation. I got a problem with chance because I don't believe in chance. What in the world is chance? What chance have to do with it? Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God said he's our shy he, he's the He's the one who provides. He, he, is, he, is, he, is, he, he is Lord. He, he is God. He is creator. He's, he's, he's Yahweh Nisi, which means he's our banner. A banner you raise up when you get ready to go to war. And if the Lord is your banner, you already won. You are, you are, is the Lord your banner? Is the Lord your, your Yahweh Nisi? Is the Lord your banner? Then you already won. In the Old Testament, he showed himself over and over, but Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 brings us up to the New Testament. Matter of fact, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that every manifestation of the Old Testament was the pre-incarnated Christ. Christ didn't just show up in the Gospels. He was back there in the Old Testament. I believe that the burning bush, the fire in the bush that didn't burn up the bush was Jesus. I believe that the fourth person that showed up in the furnace and kept the heat from the three Hebrew boys was Jesus. I believe when Isaiah saw him high and lifted up in Isaiah chapter 6 and God was sitting on his throne and the angels was crying out, holy, 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 it was Jesus. Matter of fact, 
John chapter 12 verse 40 tells us it was Jesus. Why? Because he is the lego. He is the communicator. He is that what God shows himself when he shows himself to his people. Jesus is that part of God that shows himself as God. He is the, he is the ray. He is the glory. He is the express image of who God is. You can't see God unless you go through Jesus. Hebrews 1 and 3 says that, that he was the express image, the ray of his glory. That you get rays, you can't take in the whole thing. You get a ray. You get a ray at a time. You ought to be getting some rays. Through all that life brings to you, you you ought to be getting some rays of his glory. You ought to be getting something that, that able to keep you. See, the devil you fought five years ago ain't going to be the devil you fight tomorrow. So the glory you saw five years ago won't keep you for the battle that's coming. See, you don't bring a knife to a machine gun fight. You don't bring you don't you don't you don't bring you don't bring a handgun to an airplane fight. You got to up the ante. Is there anybody done up the ante? You may not want it to, but you had to, because the battle done got tougher, the fight done got stronger, but you haven't given in, you haven't given up. As a matter of fact, the Lord is better today than he was yesterday. You know for yourself that he's a keeper. He's been keeping you. He's been... purpose is always have always been increasing us he wants increasing your life the parable in Matthew 13 of the seeds and sowing is about increase that in every area of our life that, that there is fruit that, that God will see himself in you and I that, that, that we see enough glory in him that it begin to dictate how we talk. It begin to control what we say, how we act. Our attitude get changed. Because we don't see, you know, glory will keep you when nothing else can keep you. You see too much of him. You know too much of him. Like that, glory will make you lay some stuff down. You can't tell me that this old rugged worth got anything that compares to the glory of Jesus. You can't tell me that, that he's that good, that she's... You can't tell me that there's a better high than the Holy Ghost high. You can't tell me that, not, that, that, that the peace of the world compares to the peace of Jesus. You can't tell me that the drink that you drinking get. Why? 
Why, why wake up with a hangover? When, when a, a Holy Ghost high give you an afterglow. Liquor give you a hangover. But the Holy Ghost will give you an afterglow. Folks will look at you and say, your skin looks so pretty. You got, you got Vaseline on? No, it's not Vaseline. I've been in the presence of the Lord. Folks will come up to you, wiping your face and say, this I shine on you. The new thing is using Vaseline. No, it's not. The new thing is getting so caught up, wrapped up, tangled up in Jesus that they think they see Vaseline. writing in the book of Philippians chapter 3 and he going back to the time when he was soft. No, God will make you change your name when you get saved. Make you change your name. If not legally, after a while, they just quit calling you what they used to call you because what they used to call you don't fit who you are now. Saul means big. Paul means little. And Saul was the up-and-coming superstar. I mean, this boy was bad. Everybody was talking about Saul. I mean, the Pharisees was the rap and, and, and rap stars of the day. They were the movie stars of that day. They were it. You know the it crowd? That you go to the supermarket and you see their picture plastered on all the magazines. The it, it crowd. Everybody trying to get an interview. Paul was part of that crowd. Matter of fact, he was number one up and coming superstar. He said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrew. He said, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. He said, I'm a Pharisee. He said, as far as zealous, can't nobody touch me. He said, I'm a bad, 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 bad. Shut your mouth. Oh, you want to talk about fame, money, riches, prestige, power, all that the world had to offer was being laid at his feet. So let me tell you, the world will offer you, Satan will offer you whatever it takes to get you. Satan will offer you 
whatever it takes to get you. Don't sell your soul for nothing. Don't sell your integrity for nothing. I know it gets hard. That's what Paul says. He says, well, I saw Jesus. You know, God has a way of knocking some sense into us. And he will show up when you least expect him. I mean, he will show up right when you are planting your dirt. Oh, man. I, I really don't want to go there, but I mean, you got it all planned now. Oh, you got it to the T. I mean, you know you're going to do this. And right before you get ready to do what you're going to do, God come knocking on the door and remind you he is God. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I know I'm not the only one. Won't he do it? I'm not the only one. I'm glad. And what you don't realize is 2020 is, you know, hindsight is 2020. God saved your life. That would have messed you up. That was, a, that was a trap from the devil. And God said, because I got purpose for her. Because I got purpose for him. I'm going to intervene and stop this. Listen, Paul said, when I look at what the world offer, or what I now see in Christ, he said, that looks like dumb, waste, compared to the glory of Jesus. I never seen nothing like him. Did you know that, 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 that he, he not only will make the stuff that the devil offers you look like nothing, but I believe that the glory can keep you through whatever trials and tribulations you can go through. Don't get me wrong. Life gets hard. Let me say that again. A life gets hard. Oh. Life is unfair. For the Christian, I keep on telling you, it don't come by twosies. You know, jacks, onesies, twosies. You're supposed to grab two jacks for, for kids. What happened? 
you bounce the ball. There's stuff laying there called jacks. And you bounce the ball and you pull that swipe up what number you call and catch the ball. Am I right about it? Now the way you win is you good when you can get up to four Z's, five Z's. If you got big hands, six Z's. Throw at you threesies, foursies. But I mean, what that means is that that trouble don't come one at a time. I mean, you declare. I mean, you ready to fight this? Or it's to hit you in your back. It's like being attacked by five and six different things at a time, and you begin to yell out, "This isn't fair!" Whoever told you life is fair? Let me end this. Let me end this. Let me end this. Let me end this. End this. Here Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 go through the resume of his troubles. And he says it's for the cause of Christ. He, he talks about having the 39 Stripes. If I'm not mistaken, it was four or five times. He talks about being persecuted inside and outside. He talked about being lied on, talked about, scandalized. He talked about having to run for his life. He said, he said, he said, matter of fact, I've been shipwrecked. If I'm not mistaken, three times. He said, one time was, I had to spend a day and a night in the ocean holding on the wreckage. Listen, just because he kept open up his mouth, all Paul had to do was shut up. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I mean, I mean, he was, he was talking about Jesus. But let me tell you, once you've seen him and he keeps showing you how good he is, you get to the place that you can't help yourself, that you're willing to tell everybody and anybody about this Jesus. And your family don't want to hear it. Your friends don't want to hear it. But you can't help yourself. You know what you know what he's done for you, and you can't you try not to. But it's like fire. Shut up. Let me tell you what seeing Jesus would do. It would set you on fire. Nobody discovered. I had heard this theory, but I wanted to test it out. I heard that hot coals can heat up cold coals. I heard it, I believed it, but I never tried it. Now I tried it. I said, let me see. 
fire, I, I let it burn too long before I started. And I had some, some stuff cooking, and I didn't want to go back, take everything off, put on lighter fluid, start the fire. So I, so I said, okay, it's time for me to test my theory. So I took some cocos, laid them across the hot coals, and I waited. At first, I didn't think anything was going to happen. I just know that some smoking started happening. Hold on. I saw the smoke without seeing the fire. I made a mistake. I went in the house. And waited a little bit too long. Because you got to remember, when I left, it was just smoking. I didn't see no fire. The coal still was black. So I went in the house with the meat. No, I didn't start no fire, no more lighting fluid. But the hot coat was up under the cocoa. And when you put hot coats up under, some cold coals. As long as they're cold, sooner or later, the hot coals is going to ignite the cold coals. I say over that to say we don't need to take cold Christians out. We need to put them up under some hot coals. Get some hot Christians who can't shut up. Some hot Christians who have seen the glory of God. Some hot Christians who got the can't help it. Some hot Christians who's in love with Jesus. You just keep on being hot. Sooner or later, the whole house will catch fire. want to know. Is there anybody on fire in the house? Is there anybody on fire in the house? You know Jesus for yourself and you on fire for him and you don't care what nobody thinks. You got enough Jesus to keep you. Somebody said it don't take all that. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I came from. The Lord been good to me. I was a wretch undone. He came and got me, dragged me into his kingdom. I came, I came, I came, I came, I came, I came.
We need some more hot coals. Let the hot coals keep being hot. I declare. Matter of fact, on purpose. Sit next to somebody that got a frown on their face. But let, don't, don't let the frown distract you. You keep smiling. You keep being nice. You keep standing. You keep saying hallelujah. You keep saying glory. You keep saying praise him. You keep doing our lady and will sit there. I feel strange. What's happening? There's a fire. There's a fire. There's a fire in the house. And if you sit there long enough, you're going to catch a flame. Church on fire. 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 on fire. People on fire. Because we see Jesus. God is trying to get us to look up. Forget about the noise. Forget about the status. Forget about all the trouble. In the midst of intentionally look up. Refuse to look downward. Refuse to look at your situation. It's not that you're not, you're not saying it's not there. You know it's there. But your God is more real. I don't know how he does it. In the midst of, in the middle of, he'll hold you. Even if he don't change the situation, he'll change you today. Today, I offer you Jesus, the glory, the glorious, the majestic Jesus. He will blow your mind and keep your heart. Today, not churchality, but vertical Christianity. That you see how big your God is. And he's bigger than any problem that life can throw at you. Do you know him today? <laughs>